attach them together and then you attach another one and you attach another one then it just becomes this chain mm -hmm. imagine a chain let's start with that <laughs> so you have one imagine ring imagine this thing that's linked together by little pieces let's call it a chain happy holidays welcome back this is episode seven of i should know this <laughs> with, with joey and ellie with ellie and joey where we ask each other questions that we should know from work, from school, or from our hobbies and see how well we can explain it. And then... Fact check at the end. Mm -hmm. That's right. Let's do it. Who goes first? So I think I ask you first this time, and I'm going to try and make my question as direct as possible because I don't... It's very open-ended and I, I don't know the best way to phrase it. Maybe you can help me with that. So you're going to ask me to ask myself a question? Um, well, I'm going to give you the opportunity to speak to any part of the overall question. We're going to make this very simple <laughs> and straightforward. Okay. So I kind of wanted to know more about the chemistry of wine. I know a lot of the different parts of it, but I don't know like, like tannins. You always talk about tannins being the grip like tea. And I was wondering, just like on a very basic level, why the chemical structure of a tannin would make, would result in like the dryness or grippiness in your mouth. You know what I mean? Like, what is that doing that's actually like making you feel that way? So we're going to focus on tannins then. That's yeah. what we're going to stick to. Sure. All right. So there are many components that make up wine. Tannins are one of them. And, and are they... Sorry, are they only in red wine? So there can be tannins in white wine, okay. but we can get into that. So so tannins in their most basic form are the texture in your mouth. So it's the, um, when you drink like a tea, it's that dryness that you feel on the roof of your mouth. Imagine steeping your tea for three minutes versus one minute. There's more dryness. So it's the same thing that happens with wine. It can happen primarily with reds, right? Because when they're doing the fermentation, the skin is in contact with the um, The, the skin juice. of the grape. Yeah, the skin of the grape is in contact with the juice and that's imparting that tannin. Plus you can get tannin from the seed and from like the twigs and whatnot, you know, the solid matter. Also, you can get tannin from the barrel, from the oak aging. So that's where in white wine, you'll have some tannin because when they press white wine, there's no skin contact or sometimes very little skin contact. But if they oak age it, then you're going to get more of that skin contact. Okay, but what is the like? What does the chemical structure look like? And is there a reason that it has the propensity to make your mouth feel dry? So this is what it looks like. If that's have, a tannin. That's what that one is. That's what that one is. So I'm showing her one of my tattoos. Joey has a really large tattoo on his forearm, and are those rings what are those rings called rings come They're on just called rings so a tannin is basically you're really not gonna say what good there so a tannin is basically a polymerized flavonoid so what i have is so a polymer is imagine if you have one six tips lego right okay is that what do they call them it's tips. a Lego. I don't yeah, think, but they have like the, <laughs> I think it's called. But it's like the three by two, right? Sure. Or let's take, let's take a piece of spaghetti. So 
These metaphors are really getting. I'm just tangled. trying to explain what a polymer is, right? Okay. So if you take one piece of the uh, piece of spaghetti, then that's just like a single unit. But then as soon as you add another piece of spaghetti, attach it to the back of you know they attach them together, and then you attach another one, and you attach another one, then it just becomes this chain. Mm-hmm. Imagine a chain. Let's start with that. <laughs> So you have one ring. Imagine this thing that's linked together by little pieces. Let's call it a chain. So All right. So let's make it just a chain. That would be a little bit easier. But, you know, you have like the one rung of a chain. Is it a rung? Mm-hmm. You, have, you have the link. You have link. one link yeah, of a chain. Yeah, I already said that. A and rung isn't a ladder. Well, there could be rungs and chains if you have a chain ladder. Anyways, so imagine one link. You know, that's like the the base unit. But then you like add multiple, that's become a polymer. Not that that would be the right phrasing, but that's just to give you like a visual picture of what that kind of polymer is like. So this is a polymerized flavonoid. So one of these is a flavonoid. And then the fact that they're attached together, you can see how it repeats. That's what makes it a tannin. That's what's giving you that texture. So, I mean, you can have a shorter tannin structure you could have a longer so are they what is the molecule itself like a water loving and that's why it's stripping you of the moisture like is there something happening where it's taking the moisture out of your mouth and that's why it feels drier or is it just like the shape of it itself that's giving texture yeah i think it has like those hydroscopic hygroscopic properties okay i'm trying to think what else is important about the tannin so there can is be t- it like fibrous because it's from the skin and the twigs and those things so like fiber generally has like a texture to it yeah so i mean it's it's an insoluble material in water i mean it's such a small particle that you're not really going to see much of it in the wine but imagine like we open a 30 year old bottle and you see that sedimentation so that's a combination of the tannins binding to the flavonoids binding to anthocyanins all together, creating this like solid matter that settles out, which is why you don't want to shake up a bottle that's been sitting around for a while because you want that to be... So it's growing over time in the bottle. No, it's not growing. It's agglomerating. It's going from like these individual small dust particles to becoming this like clump. Like a dust bunny? Yeah, a dust bunny for your wine. <laughs> um, I guess that kind of answers it. I... I don't know. I guess the question wasn't super clear, but if it, I guess if there's parts that really like moisture, then that's what would be making your mouth taste or feel dry. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what it actually is doing on the roof of your mouth, but I don't know the answer, so we will find out. Can you guess? I thought it was causing like that. I don't know. I did guess already. Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought you were just kind of like elaborating on my theory but you're saying that's probably right it's probably stripping your mouth of water it's not stripping your mouth of water it's causing the the roof of your mouth to like become all pokey so it's kind of like when you get goosebumps you know like your skin kind of sticks out it's kind of like what is happening to the roof of your mouth why do people get goosebumps that's another topic for another day but i do know the answer to that one it's very simple then just say it now. Nope. Okay. Mark it. Put it in your, your to-do list for another time. 
little teaser for a future episode there. Everyone's going to know the answer. They're going to look it up beforehand? No, I mean, they should know the answer. It's I don't think I know the answer. Fifth grade or seventh grade. I feel like it was a weird evolution thing to make ourselves grippier. Nope. Like when we get wrinkles in our fingers when we're in the bathtub for too long. I mean, that's okay. Pruning. Now it's time for your topic. Okay. I was trying to stall it as much as I could. I see that. So my topic is kind of relevant, even though it's a beautiful 50 degree day in New Jersey, you know, when it's usually supposed to be 30 or below because it's winter mm-hmm. or essentially winter. So this stems from my car, my mini, having some issues for a few years where in the winter I wouldn't drive it for, you know, weeks at a time because who needs to drive and my battery would die. And this is a good question. So I have two questions. What's causing my battery to drain, even though I'm not running the car? And then the car batteries, they have a thing called cold cranking amps. And if you can't elaborate on that specifically, then at least on what amps are, et cetera, to give me a better understanding. Okay. Well, the battery thing is chemistry. It is. No, I understand. It's chemistry. Because the battery is built out of a bunch of cells. And in those cells, you have... um, I understand the chemistry of a battery. I'm talking about... So you should know better why it in the cold, it's going to... Yeah, but I want to understand cold cranking amps. Like why why those matter. Why a certain amp threshold matters for starting a car. Or, I mean, anything. A, a generator... I don't know what the specific term cold cranking amp comes from, but an amp is short for an ampere, which is current. It's a measurement of current. Um, Why something would need a certain threshold in order to work. Let's see. Every battery is a DC source with an internal resistance. And I'm assuming that your car for whatever electronic equipment it has in it and everything else, lights, radio, all of that has a certain, you know, power that it needs in order to work. So I guess a cold, if I had to guess what a cold cranking amp is, it would be a threshold that can defeat, I guess, the internal resistance, which may be higher when it's cold out in a battery. And then have the whole system running in like the balanced way that it was designed to. So you're saying you want more current to flow. When it's warm, it flows at, say, let's say X. And then when it's cold, it only flows at, let's say, half of X. So you want to try and bring that up to the normal. Well, if I had to guess, I would assume that the internal resistance of the battery increases during the winter because of the cold. And is, you know, whatever normal in the 70 degree temperature or whatever ambient temperature is in Fahrenheit. Okay. That's what I would guess only because I don't think the voltage source would be as affected by it. But I really I'm not sure. I don't know. (laughs) I don't even know if I should know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was more focused on like the current and 
understanding like electricity flow in the winter time and you know there's also they're talking about teslas how they have that that vampire drain where the car just sits and it's very little it's very little but it's still substantial enough whereas you know the draining i think the draining is something else i think the draining is is chemical less than like um like, I don't think it has much to do with the electricity, but I guess I could be wrong. But I was going to say power in its formula is I squared R. So that's like current squared by the resistance. So you can understand why to increase power, if the resistance stays the same, you'd have to increase the current. So maybe like if if the cold cranking amps or whatever you need in order to give all of the electronics in your car the sufficient power to run yeah i think that makes sense but i you know i i think that it's probably something to do with the temperature and the internal resistance but um in terms of why batteries drain i always thought it was something to do with like chemical half-lives see i thought it always had something to do with like a battery when i don't have a double a connected to anything it lasts longer than when i have it connected to something even though that something isn't even on oh i see what you're saying um that's like when people say not to leave like electronics like a toaster and stuff unplugged from the wall or your chargers unplugged from the wall so that you're not drawing current oh yeah but i don't know that i think that might be a myth i'm not sure i think maybe older electronics did that but I don't think newer ones do. Um, I don't know. I'd have to look up the drain, the, the ghost, whatever you were calling it for the Tesla. Vampire drain. Vampire drain. <laughs> ghost drain. The ghost drain. Um, okay. Is that okay? We're ready for fact check. Yeah. I was going to say, was that okay? Is there anything else you want me to try and explain? There's a lot I want you to try and explain, but those are for future episodes. Okay, but I explained sufficiently for your battery question in your car. Sufficient. Okay. All right. All right, so I looked up. Wait, I asked you first. So I have to answer first? Yeah. All right, I'll go first. So tannins are, in fact, in wine. Funny enough, the cider that I'm drinking from Down East, unfiltered, has tannins in it interesting it doesn't taste very dry on the palate no it's not going to be as dry but i mean it still has that material so um basically there's like we talked about there's two types of tannins there's the wood tannins you know that comes from the barrels and then there's the grape tannins and that comes from the grapes i mean the stems and the skin and the seeds all of that can be part of the the grape tannin when we talk about what a tannin is it's a, a polyphenol um, very specifically, should have mentioned that. What's a phenol? That's what those rings and stuff oh. are. Um, yeah, I, I realize I never answered that. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know what I said before, but I was talking about flavonols. I don't know if I said flavonoids. You said noids. Okay, well, that's wrong because flavonoid is the, f- the big picture. That's the family, right? So oh, okay. it's the top dog. Like everything okay. falls under a flavonoid. So a flavonoid is like what what the 
the chapter is about, what the book is about. It's like the animal kingdom, and then there's obviously like different things under that kingdom. Exactly. So like the flavonoid is what the book is about, right? It's the topic. And then the chapters can fall into like the anthocyanins, into tannins, all the different categories. And then under tannins are flavonols, flavin three alls which is what's polymerized. So for that correction, just want to make sure that was square. Okay. <laughs> um, what I did not know is that astringent effect in your mouth, right? What you're talking about where your mouth goes astringent dry. Astringent means dry. Yeah, so it's like that water sucking effect mm-hmm. that you're talking about. So that's what what's happening is the tannins are binding to the mucins, which is a word. They're the lubricating proteins in the mucous membrane of the tongue, of the mouth. I see. So the lubricating film in your oral cavity, mm-hmm. uh, it fails when the Sexy. tannins come in. <laughs> so it makes it feel less slippery. So that's why you're getting that kind of prickly. Grippy. Grippy mm-hmm. kind of texture to it. And you tea know. has that also? Yeah. So, I mean, that's why when you steep a tea for... One minute, there's only a certain amount of tannins that are being Mm -hmm. steeped, seeping out of the bag. Mm -hmm. But for three minutes, you can get like major seepage. Mm. Major seepage. (laughs) And I think that answers almost all of the questions. I would say that tannins are good for aging wines. Um, They come in variety. Like so there's wines with heavy tannins and then there's wines with very light tannins. Other things that have uh, tannins besides like the tea is dark chocolate, cinnamon, clove, um, red beans, some nuts like walnuts, almonds, and other whole nuts. And that's what I know. They can help with resisting oxidation. So they're good for your health. Theoretically, there's lots of back and forth on that. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's interesting. I'm glad you learned something new for that. Yeah, I didn't realize it was the. I'm never gonna forget mucins. Yeah, mucins is like. I'm just gonna be talking a crazy about that word. all day. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, I will try and explain cold cranking amps and then why your battery has trouble in winter. Um, some of this I said wrong, but ho- hopefully, when I read this description, it helps. So a cold cranking amp is actually a specific measurement used in car batteries and like power sports batteries. You're not going to see it like in a lot of other places. And it specifically measures the number of amps um, that a 12 volt battery can deliver for 30 seconds while maintaining a voltage of at least 7.2 volts at a temperature of zero degrees Fahrenheit. So it's supposed to show how strong the starting power for a battery is in cold weather. But there's a lot of like weird quirks about that measurement itself. First off, no car needs like 30 seconds to start anymore. Like that's a very old figure when you cars no had car? when cars had like I said no car, but I'm sure there are cars. But basically that number came from when cars had carburetors. Uh, and took a lot longer to start. And then the other thing to note is that the measurement doesn't mean so much because if it's maintaining 7.2 volts for 30 seconds, that's not enough to start your car anyways. 
on a 12 volt battery. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Weird. So it's just like a number. And they said if you really want to get a better idea of how the performance of a battery will be, you should combine the cold cranking amp number with the like amp hour rating it's given. And really? the amp hour okay. rating is obviously like how long it can maintain a certain current. Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. So, you know, back in the day, you used to jumpstart a car with the two cables going from your car to the other person's car. But now that you have the power banks or whatnot, they can be so small and deliver so much power. But I guess that's what they're talking about is that amp hour and then the crank, the amp, the cold cranking amp. Mm -hmm. And the other thing to say, too, is that there are different types of batteries now and like the technology has changed a lot in that sense too. Because there's liquid and dry, right? Well, so the ones that they had listed here are um, advanced variations of lead acid batteries and lead acid batteries are like what was known for most cars for always basically. Okay. Um, and one of them is AGM, which is absorbed glass matte. And lithium iron batteries are also another one. Um, and it says they have additional features besides just a certain level of starting power and energy storage capacity. Those batteries are safer in construction since they're built without the use of flooded cells. So I guess that's why it's called dry type. Yeah, okay. Um, and they last longer, have better warranties, and can cycle deeper than traditional lead acid batteries. And in the case of lithium iron batteries, they're much lighter as well. Um, you said lithium ion. Or iron. iron. Iron? Iron, yeah. Whoa. I mean, this is for cars, so it's not like you're going to use that in something else. Okay, let me quickly open my other source, which had some interesting facts about batteries, which you should have known. Okay. Da, da, da. You haven't asked me about batteries yet. I'm in the clear. Okay. Temperature plays an important role in the performance of your battery. This we know. It says inside the typical lead acid battery are lead plates and electrolyte liquid, which creates an electrochemical reaction to produce a charge to the battery terminals. Heat accelerates this chemical activity, but also speeds up the internal corrosion with the cells, which in turn reduces the lifespan of your battery. It's particularly true of batteries that repeatedly reach high internal temperatures. Once capacity has been damaged by heat, it can't be restored. But just as heat speeds up chemical reactions, cold temperatures slow them down. And I'm sure you could tell us why that is. But I think it's all the chaos and everything we talked about for cooking. Entropy. Entropy. So that's why it can become sluggish in the winter. Did that answer your question? It did. Okay. <laughs> what about the vampire? Yeah, I didn't, about look, the ghost? I didn't look up Tesla's, but I think it kind of makes sense. But let me see. Okay, so I think the vampire drain from the Tesla's is actually because it has some systems running at all times. It's not, it doesn't have to do with the quality of the battery. It's like the car is doing different things even when it's off. And there's a power saving mode on that you can use that helps for it. But it said it's from dormant energy consumption anyways um i realized something this is episode eight no it's seven no it's episode oh, eight oh it's eight yeah man that's Get crazy psyched. what should we do for episode 10 leave it 
in the Google form. <laughs> Any thoughts you have or questions you want us to ask? Or just text us. <laughs> yeah. If you want to text us or Instagram us or Twitter us or Facebook, don't Facebook. <laughs> we never check that. Otherwise, hope you guys are getting excited for the holidays. Yeah. It's almost the new year. It's halfway this through December, right? Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. This was I Should Know This with Joey and Allie. Check in next Sunday for a new episode. And happy holidays. <laughs>